You're listening to the Running with the Herd podcast, powered by Her Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. Interviews, commentary, and analysis from Marshall coaches, players, and insiders. And now, the Running with the Herd podcast. Aaron Coleman here in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. And we're here with college football insider, one of the best in the business, Phil Steele, the publisher of Phil Steele's College Football Preview. Phil, welcome to the podcast. We certainly appreciate your time. And before we get into Conference USA and Marshall, what are your thoughts on all this realignment that's been going on, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC? There's been talk of a Pac-12, Big 12 merger. What are your thoughts on all of that? You know, for the last three or four years, I thought we were headed to a four 16-team super conferences, and that could be very well where we're headed. But to be absolutely honest with you, Aaron, uh, I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I did not know that Texas and Oklahoma were going to go to the SEC. Are they trying to build a power conference? I don't know what's going on, but it'll be interesting to see what shakes out in the next couple of weeks. And I don't think there's anybody in the country that can honestly say they know what's going to happen in the next year or two. But it's going to be different. That's, that's the one thing we can rely on. Certainly. And taking a look at Conference USA, a lot of transfers coming in across the board, including some at Marshall. Has the talent level picked up in your mind across Conference USA? Because I know that the perception is of it out there that we all well know about, but with a lot of uh, new blood coming in as far as not only coaches, but some of the players on the field, do you think that the level of football has increased in Conference USA? Yeah, I do believe that. Uh, I think when you look top to bottom, first of all, there's a lot of great coaches in uh, CUSA. And uh, I think when you when you add some of the players that have been added, uh, there are some big-time pluses there. A guy like Shane Simmons, for example, on the defensive line uh, for Marshall, he was my number 12-rated defensive lineman out of high school and able to play in that great Penn State defensive line, which is loaded with what I call uh, VHTs. You go back and uh, take a look at Lee Anthony Williams coming in there at the cornerback spot. Uh, he's a guy that was one of my top-rated defensive backs coming out of high school, top 40, and uh, he comes in from Clemson. Uh, and even on the offensive line, Stephen Fauché from Purdue comes in, and he was a VHT offensive lineman. So some great additions, I think, to Marshall, via Marshall and CUSA uh, via the transfer portal. Yeah, very true. And who do you see as the surprise team in Conference USA, in your opinion? I would have to say Western Kentucky could be a, a team that fits that bill because Western Kentucky is a team that went just 5-7 and seven last year. They only have 10 returning starters. So I don't think a lot is expected out of the Hilltoppers. Uh, I believe they were picked third or fourth in the CUSA uh, media polls. And uh, I think when you look at them, they've always had the talent on the defense, and, and their defense will be solid. But offensively, we're going to see a major change this year. I mean, last year they averaged 19 points per game, under 300 yards per game, which is almost unbelievable in this year of wide-open football. But this year they not only bring in Houston Baptist's offensive coordinator, they bring in Houston Baptist's quarterback in uh, Bailey Zappi, who has uh, put together about 10,000 yards of passing in his four years. 
And then they bring in his top receivers from Houston Baptist as well. So this is a team that's going to be vastly different on the offensive side of the ball. Now that'll weaken the defense a little bit. They're not going to allow the few, the low number of yards and points that they have in the last couple of years based on the fact they'll be on the field more often because the offense is scoring faster. But I think that's going to make them a little bit more exciting. And I'll go back to their first season under Tyson Helton. I did not expect them to go 9-4 and four that year. I thought it was going to be a middle-of-the-road year, and they were far better than expected. So I look for a big bounce-back year out of them. Certainly. And what about this Marshall team that stands out to you? Uh, First-year head coach Charles Huff taking over for Doc Holliday, who had been there for 11 seasons. Huff comes in with a great pedigree, comes in from Alabama, where he worked under Nick Saban. He spent some time at Penn State. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this Marshall team and what you think Coach Huff brings to the Thundering Herd. Well, I, I was very impressed talking to Coach Huff uh, and going over the team with him uh, in the spring, and uh, I think he's going to bring a new enthusiasm to the team. I mean, uh, while I think uh, you know that uh, Coach Holiday did a great job there, and last year Marshall was absolutely dominant at one point, going seven and zero. Uh, pretty much crushing teams on a weekly basis, uh, may have gotten just a, a little old there. And so I, I, I like the transition. I think he brings in a new enthusiasm. Uh, he'll be speaking uh, you know, right to the players, and I think that's going to be a big-time plus for him this year. And as far as the Marshall team goes, I mean, I think if they get more consistent quarterback play out of Grant Welts, like they had at the start of the year, more than what they had at the end of the year, they could be in pretty good shape because you got to like the running back core. Uh, even though they lose their top running back from last year, and Brendan Knox, Charles Huff was the running back coach at Alabama. He'll develop a good running back core. Uh, Xavier Gaines back at tight end, I think, is big. Keaton and Gamage at the receiver spots are solid. Offensive line returns uh, uh, three starters from last year. Uh, and Will Homer is going to, uh, I think, be one of the stars in the league at left tackle. And then defensively, he didn't have to do too much to that defense. I mean, they were pretty damn good last year, giving up just 13 points per game. But adding a Shane Simmons and adding a Lee Anthony Williams to the mix, I think it only helps. So they're a dangerous team, a clear contender in the USA, not only for the division title, but the overall title. Right, and uh, one of the things that you look for on the defense, especially with Lance Guidry's unit, uh, Lance Guidry coming in as the new defensive coordinator, this Marshall unit from last season never gave up more than 22 points in a game, and those uh, 22 points were given up to UAB in the conference championship game that you remember from last year. Um, Obviously, there's losing some talent on uh, the defensive side with Tabonte Beckett, but you do return Stephen Gilmore, Kobe Cumberlander, and a host of others. Um, talk to me a little bit about the defensive side of the ball for the herd. Yeah, should be. Uh, I would say Marshall and UAB probably vying for the top defensive spot in CUSA this year. And if they end up meeting again in the CUSA title game, it should be a low-scoring game. But yeah, in, in this year, I mean, Alabama I think gave up uh, 350 yards per game last year. Marshall gave up just 279. You, you rarely see an offense allow less than 300 yards per game or less than 14 points per game like Marshall did last year. I don't think they're going to come in and drastically change schemes on the defensive side of the ball when you get all that talent. Turning. My biggest question is who's going to replace Beckett because I thought he was one of the most underrated players in the country. Didn't get a lot of the national respect, but uh, he was up there on my uh, All-American team. Uh, that'll be the biggest question, but I, I like the overall talent. They could really have one of the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. 
And when you uh, see from the schedule in 2021, there's no Power 5 teams in the out-of-conference schedule, but there are some games that will kind of challenge the herd. Uh, You open up the season with Navy, and then, of course, you have East Carolina, who uh, Marshall has a lot of history with, and then the revenge game going to Boone, North Carolina, to take on the App State Mountaineers. Uh, Just talk to me a little bit about the out-of-conference schedule and what you see as far as uh, challenges and tests for the herd there. Yeah, I think when you when you look at those three games that, that you talked about, the first one with Navy, uh, Coach Niamatololo uh, said clearly that uh, they were affected by the lack of contact last year. They're a very physical team, and uh, he's very high on his team. I, I pointed out his schedule to him because, uh, I mean, they're probably going to be an underdog in eight or nine games this year, and he feels highly confident it's going to be back to the old Navy. And both times they've had a losing season, they bounce back when winning like eight or nine games the next year. So that's going to be a very dangerous game. Navy also doesn't lose a lot of games at home. Uh, Marshall's an early two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, and I, I think that's one of the better games on the schedule. The good news for Marshall, they have the entire month of August to prep for the Navy option, and mm-hmm. that's going to help them out an awful lot. Uh, the East Carolina game, this is Mike Houston's best team he's put on the field by far. They've got an improved defense. Uh, the offense is going to be pretty potent. But Marshall does get that one at home. Uh, I think Marshall will be a, a favorite in that one, and uh, it's not going to be easy because East Carolina, I think, could get to a bowl game this year. And then the App State game you mentioned. I mean, last year Marshall uh, beat App State 17-7 to in that game at home, and now App State's laying in wait at home. I think App State wins their division and will be playing for their conference title, so that's a dangerous game there. And I actually only have Marshall an underdog in two games all year. One of them's App State, and the other one's uh, Florida Atlantic, both of those being on the road. You mentioned Florida Atlantic there, and obviously they're a contender in the East. Uh, Willie Taggart's done a good job in terms of getting talent to that team, and they also bring in uh, Nikosi Perry, the transfer from uh, Miami of Florida. We talked a little bit about transfers coming from the Power Five to Conference USA earlier in our conversation. Um, you know, you have Marshall as an underdog there. Why do you see? Uh, what do you see from uh, FAU in terms of uh, what they're trying to do in 2021? Oh, I thought Jagger came in and did a great job. Uh, it was first-year head coach, no spring practice, uh, only had four returning starters and three on defense. And one of my philosophies this year, uh, every, like when I talked to 110, 130 head coaches this season, going over their teams with them, almost everybody has got 15, 16, 17 returning starters. Everybody's veteran this year. So I'm thinking, well, if everybody's veteran, who's going to make the biggest jump? And to me, the biggest jump is going to be for those that were inexperienced last year. And Florida Atlantic was very inexperienced last year. As mentioned, just seven returning starters overall. Lost their quarterback, lost their head coach, no spring practice, and yet opened up the season 5-1 and one and off to a great start. And, uh, and gave Marshall a a decent game, a nice defensive struggle there. This year, they have 10 starters back on offense, 10 on defense. In fact, they return 54 lettermen and only lose five. Plus, as you mentioned, they add in the Cozy Perry, a quarterback. They add in Johnny Ford, a dynamic runner out of South Florida. Uh, they add in um, uh, Zaire Mitchell at tight end. Uh, Kamir Bell from Auburn on the offensive line. Those are all big-time transfers that are added to this Florida Atlantic team. And we talked about Marshall's defense earlier. Florida Atlantic only 
only gave up 17.4 points per game. They were pretty good last year and have 10 starters back. And practically, uh, they've got their top six tacklers back from last year, 10 of the top 11 tacklers. So they're going to be very dangerous. It's at home. And uh, that's why I picked FAU as, as uh, I've got a, a tie for the top as USA. But I think that home game could be the, the biggest piece. Right. Now, when you uh, take a look at Conference USA and the championship, you say that uh, Marshall and UAB both have a good shot to get back there. Um, who do you see as kind of being uh, those secondary teams that uh, could possibly find their way into the championship game if there's uh, the right conversions of factors there? Well, I think in the East, two of the teams we just talked about, Florida Atlantic with the 20 returning starters and Western Kentucky with the brand-new Houston Baptist offense to go along with that top-notch defense. And then I think, you know, when you look at the West, uh, UAB's got a pretty tough schedule to get there. They've got, they've got to travel at Southern Miss, UTSA, and Marshall this year. Uh, I feel they've got the talent to get there, but will the schedule prevent that? We'll have to see. But I believe they have three challengers in the West. Uh, UTSA has it practically everybody back, and I thought that Jeff Trailer in his first year did a remarkable job getting that team to 7-5, and five. and now he's got 10 starters back on offense and 11 on defense. Skip Holtz, you could never count out. Louisiana Tech's always going to be a contender, regardless of how many players they lose. And if you go back and look at Louisiana Tech in recent years, they've only had six, 11 returning starters the last two years, and yet they've been up there. This year they've got 17 returning starters. Might be Coach Holtz's most experienced team he's ever had. They had in a guy like Austin Kendall, a wide receiver uh, from West Virginia, a Vanderbilt transfer at running back in Keon Henry Brold. And then they also have Marcus Williams, the App State transfer for running back. Uh, they had in uh, Balin Buchanan from Tennessee at the cornerback position, an Arkansas transfer at free safety in Miles Mason, a TCU transfer up front, Kellen Hollins, a ULM transfer in Samuel Williams. So a bunch of transfers like Coach Holtz is known to do, they'll be a factor. And then the final one would be Southern Miss. And Southern Miss last year, uh, you know, when I was uh, talking to, to Coach uh, Hobson in the, in the spring, it wasn't our normal conversation. I thought, well, that was a little peculiar of a conversation. And then after one game, he was gone. After they had lost to South Alabama, they had an interim head coach. Then the interim head coach leaves, and they finish with the 3-7 and seven season. Well, Coach Hall's very confident in the talent level they have. Feels they have the talent to contend in CUSA. In fact, he told me to put them on, their, on my most improved list, meaning they'll get to a bowl game this year. I think Southern Miss could surprise some guys because Coach Hall, very confident in the talent he inherited. And let's face it, everything that could go wrong went wrong last year. How many times does a team lose its interim head coach midseason uh, to a second interim head coach in one year? Yeah, I know. I mean, it, they really had a, a crazy year in 2020. But the thing that stood out to me, Phil, about Southern Miss was the fact that they defeated Florida Atlantic last year at home at the Rock at uh, Hattiesburg. And Coach Will Hall was in attendance at that time. And I remember saying to myself and to a couple of other people through text, I was like, you know what? Southern Miss positioned themselves pretty well for 2021 because they didn't just lay down in that final game. They went out and defeated a pretty talented football team and gave themselves momentum heading into next year. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you there. And, and it was a game that, uh, you know, they were pretty much in control throughout. You go back to the first half of that game, they had a 317 to 177 yard edge and led. 
and then we're up by two scores most of the second half. So it was really an impressive performance. Yeah, it certainly was. Phil, thank you very much for your time. We certainly appreciate it going over Conference USA and Marshall. And you could always uh, check out uh, Phil's um, college football preview. It's at Barnes & Noble. It's at a lot of other stores. And you could check uh, Phil out on Twitter at PhilSteel042. Thank you very much, Phil. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, and real quick, Aaron, uh, you can also get the magazine online at philsteel.com. And the one thing I wanted to point out to you real quick is that the uh, digital magazine this year, if you buy the, uh, the hard copy, you get the digital magazine at a $10 saving online. We're updating the digital magazine with all the transfers and injuries that happen between now and the start of the season. So make sure your listeners check that out as well at philsteel.com. Good talking football with you today, Aaron. Hey, good talking football with you as well. Thanks for listening to the Running with the Herd podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at RWithTheHerd and also at Herd Nation. Also like us on Facebook at Running with the Herd and at Marshall Thundering Herd at Herd Nation. Thanks again and go Herd.